Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Obsidian Achievement. This is your host, <coughs> Michael Russin. Thank you for joining me today, and welcome back. Uh, my wife asked me a great question this morning that I wanted to talk about on the podcast. She asked me, she said, Michael, do you... She said, why... She's like, I get why we pray, and I understand it's important, but she said, why do we pray if God is... And I'm paraphrasing, and I'm going to replace some of her words, but why do we pray if we know that God is omnipresent, omniscient, all-knowing, right? If he already knows everything that's going on, like, why do we even bother praying? And I, I stopped for a second, and I said, you know, that's interesting. That's actually something I've asked myself many times. And if God is all-knowing, what does he need my prayers for? A couple of things. Number one, we develop a relationship with God through prayer. You couldn't have a healthy relationship with your spouse, significant other, without communication, right? In the same way that we communicate with our loved ones, we also need to communicate with our God uh, through prayer. And prayer is the way that we establish that connection. Uh, Number two is we're commanded to. Plain and simple. We are commanded to pray. Uh, It's mentioned in Matthew and Luke. uh, uh, The Lord's Prayer, when Jesus was praying, came out, one of the disciples asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray as John taught his disciples, his followers. And that's where we get the Lord's Prayer from. We're commanded to pray, and we're commanded to, uh, to pray a certain way, right? John MacArthur has an excellent expository sermon on uh, prayer. He really breaks down the Lord's Prayer in, 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 in each section and uh, explains to us why and how to pray. Uh, but number three, and this one's interesting, and uh, I'm sure people would argue against this. I'm not sure why. I just feel like it's one of those things. But I... Prayer, biblically, can change God's mind. How many times did somebody pray in the Bible? For example, Moses in Exodus, when he prayed fervently and asked God not to punish the people, and it says that God actually changed his mind. I don't know, are we as powerful as, as Moses? Are we as close to God as Moses? There's another example You'll, you'll have to forgive me where uh, God was about to destroy a city. And um, I can't remember who it was, but he said, listen, if I find, if I go, the, the person praying to God says, if I go down in the city and I find a hundred people that are righteous, will you withhold destroying the city? And then this might be the example, but, and God said, yes. And then he said, well, what if I find 50? God said, yeah, sure. I won't destroy the city. And he said, well, what if I find 25? He said, yeah, sure, I won't destroy the city. What if I find just one? If you find just one, I won't destroy the city. So there are examples, biblically, where God's mind has been... Now, to change God's mind is an absolutely wild thing to say. And God is never changing. He is, he was, he always will be. We're, we're told that many times through scripture that he is the I am. Who are you? I am. Just is. So it, do we change? I think we, I think that prayer is the obedience that God wanted to see to go through with the plan that he already knew that he was going to go through with. Does that kind of make sense? You see what I'm saying? Like God already knew he was going to spare those people. God already knew that he was going to change his mind but he was relying on Moses' obedience. So maybe it's not so much that we change God's mind, but rather our obedience to him through prayer activates his mercy. 
That's a good point. I hadn't really thought all that all the way through until we just started talking. Because I was sitting here earlier trying to do Can We Change an Unchanging God. You know what I mean? With our little prayers, us little vermin human beings. You know what I mean? To say that we could change the everlasting God's mind through a prayer is wild. But rather, I don't think it's so much that we change his mind, but... He sees in us the obedience he wanted to see to take a certain course of action. Because God can do whatever he wants and has done whatever he wants. It's already all done, right? That's a hard concept to think about. It's a very uh, esoteric concept to think of and dwell upon that everything that God wants to do has already happened. It's already set and done. So... Again, I think it's just that our obedience is honorable behavior towards him. And then that's the kind of obedience that, he, you know, obedience is what he wants to see from us. And prayer is that obedience. Why? Because we are commanded to pray. We are commanded to pray. Look at how many times through the New Testament we're commanded to pray, pray fervently, pray, 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 pray. Always be praying and singing psalms and hymns and pray and pray and pray. We're almost, it's its interesting, we're commanded to be, to my understanding and discernment, in almost a constant state of prayer. And I would imagine that the highest order of saints were all in constant, incessant communion with God, that they were always connected and talking with Him. It would almost be like you had an earpiece in, you know, like a radio earpiece, like James Bond would wear. And everything that you say is going into that earpiece into God, and He's always in your ear. That's kind of what it's like. And I realize that this is something I have to get much better at because my prayer is sectioned off into certain types or certain times of the day. There are times where I'll just stop and pray, but it's not its not nearly enough. You know, many of us, and myself included, I will be the first one to admit, I pray in the morning and I pray at night. But what about all the space in between? Imagine if you only talk to your wife in the morning and then again at night before bed, but never communicated with her throughout the day. Do you think that that would be indicative of a healthy relationship or an unhealthy relationship? Or God forbid you pray once a week, Many people only pray when they're in trouble. Many people only pray. Imagine I'm a wealthy father and my daughter only comes to talk to me when she needs money. It needs to be bailed out. Now, that's not to say God doesn't still bail us out out of the goodness of his heart and his grace and his mercy. But don't you feel bad about that? I would still give my daughter the money, but I would be heartbroken that she would only only approach me when she needed something. How many of us treat God like an ATM where we just go to his, where we approach his throne when we need something from him? You know, what does it say in the Lord's Prayer? The first two things. Whatever you want to have done, be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done, right? And then secondly, forgive us for our trespasses and our sins as we forgive those who trespass against us, right? 
So the first thing we're supposed to do when we communicate with God, according to Jesus, who I don't know who else you would be getting your information from, right? But number one, we're commanded to, your will be done. Whatever you want to have, have I, the, the main priority is that your will is done. And secondly, please forgive me. How many times in our prayer life are we saying, God, your will be done? Secondly, please forgive me. Because that is what we are commanded to do by the God-man, the Son, Jesus. Again, many of us pray sporadically. And many of us only pray when we need something. Like a spoiled child. A greedy child. A self-centered child. And I don't mean to insult you because I'm the same way sometimes. I'm that same selfish, greedy child. You know, and anytime I pray for something that I need, I'm immediately convicted with how often have I prayed when I didn't need something. How often did I pray when I felt good? Why do I only pray when I feel poorly? Again, you can't have a healthy relationship without constant communication. And I don't know about you, but the most healthy relationship that I would want to have is the relationship with God. That comes first. And we talked about this in the hierarchy. That I can't be the best husband. I can't be the best father. Unless my relationship with the Lord is as airtight as it can possibly be. It takes precedence over all other relationships in our lives. All of them. There's no relationship in your life, not your marriage, not even with your children, that is more important than your relationship with the Lord. So my question to you would be, how often are you spending time with Him? And prayer doesn't always have to be uh, self-flagellation. That's another thing I think a lot of people do is they... Self-flagellation, meaning you beat yourself up over your mistakes. I think that is 100% necessary many times. But when's the last time that you just tried to focus on His presence and His goodness? When's the last time that you just focused on the good things that He has done for you? When's the last time that you just meditated on who he is instead of asking for something or beating yourself up or complaining and I'm not saying that there's not a time and place for these things but there should be a dynamic quality to your prayer life and that's something I've been challenged with recently you know Jesus tells us to avoid vain repetitions and all these big flashy words and all this stuff and prayer isn't in my opinion, supposed to be this fancy. It's supposed to be raw. And that's why we're given the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit, it says, communicates for us. It groans and utterings that are too deep for us to understand. We've been given the Holy Spirit to say all of the, all of the things that we don't know how to say. So, I wanted to talk about that this morning with you guys. Because I think it's a critically important topic. I really do. I think it's a very critically important topic. And it was prompted by that excellent question by my wife, Geneva, this morning. So that's a 
Geneva obviously listens, so that's uh, there's your answer from this morning, a little bit more fleshed out. All right, I love you guys. I'll talk to y'all soon. Let's get it. Bye-bye.